So let's get into word tonight. Uh, you know, last time I was with you, uh, shout out to uh, Nitra and, and Mr. Chandra uh, for, for holding it down. Mr. Chandra did a great job last week. So make sure that you go back and listen to that. Uh, but I, I'm just grateful that at FOC we've got so many people that could teach the word of God and it's uncompromised gospel to teach you how to live a better life. And here's the thing. We're going to keep teaching the word because as we teach the word uh, and we apply that word, our life gets better. Because as I reflect over the guiding word, that first sentence is something I always comes back. I come back to. He says, hold on. Right. To the told on to what you've heard this past year and be prepared to what's to come. So with anything in life, there's going to be adversity. And when you face adversity, you need confidence to keep going. You need some reassurance. You need faith to overcome those obstacles. And faith only comes one way. Romans 10 and 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so if I want to stand in faith, if I want to remain steadfast, if I want to remain unmovable, and I want to always abound in the work of the Lord, then I must have confidence and I must be reassured by the word of God, because that is what's going to establish my faith. So even after you hear the word, Joshua 1 and 8 tells us that we got to meditate on the word. All right. Meditate on it when? Both day and night. Why? So that we may observe to do according to all that's written therein so that we may make our way prosperous and have good success. And so it is our job to spend time studying in the word of God. It is our job to uh, increase our confidence by spending time in the word of God. It is our job to overcome adversity. He tells us in John 16 and 33 that in this world, we will have trouble, but be of good cheer. Why? Because he has already overcome the world. And so what we got to understand is that it is our job to utilize the word to empower us and enable us to overcome. And we'll read that tonight as we get into tonight's message, which is a reminder of God's promises. Tonight won't be deep. It won't be this revelation. I don't guess for some of you about what's happening, but I want to remind you because as we walk through this year, as we walk out 2023, as things occur in this earth, you need to be reminded of the promises that God has given you. You need to be reminded that the word is bigger than your situation. The word is bigger than your circumstance. The word is bigger than your obstacle. And the word is bigger than your health condition. The word is bigger than unemployment. And the word is bigger than debt. The word is bigger. Go ahead and say that. Say, God is bigger. And if you don't spend time meditating, if you don't spend time meditating on the word every day, what happens is doubt and unbelief will sneak in and rob you of what is rightfully yours. See, all the promises have already been given to you. Abundance has already been given to you. Healing has already been given to you. Uh, debt freedom has already been given to you. But if we don't, if we're not careful, doubt and unbelief sneaks in and robs us of what God has already provided for us because we are not able to stand in faith. And our failure to see the promises of God are not an indication that the promises don't exist. 
I am in my office right now. I can't see my cars in my garage, but my inability to see it does not mean it doesn't exist. And so what you got to understand is just because you can't see the healing in the natural doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Just because you can't see the house in the natural doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Just because you can't see the good relationship doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's any less real. And so many have counted out the promises of God because you can't see them. You ain't never been to Paris, but the I, I bet you Pastor Chris can tell you the Eiffel Tower is real. You ain't never been to Vegas, but I, I can tell you that the casinos and things are, are there is real. You ain't never been to my house, but I can tell you because I'm here what's real. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't make it any less real. Just because nobody in your family graduated college doesn't mean that you can't do it. Just because nobody did this doesn't mean you can't do it. You can have it if you believe by faith. And when I say believe by faith, you can have it because you believe according to the word. What is God telling you? So I got to understand that the promises that God are left for me, they're for me. And you got to understand that the, the, the failure to see promises of God just doesn't mean that they can occur. They just mean that they're not in your life right now. <clears throat> Unless at any time they can change. Pastor used to always teach a message and she used to always, always go to Matthew 13 and 15. And let's read that as I take a drink. It says, for this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted, I should heal them. So today can be your anytime. Right now could be your anytime. You don't got to keep living life wondering if God's going to do it. You don't got to keep living life wondering if the best is for you. You don't got to keep living life that way. You don't got you don't got to keep living life wondering if, if because I can't see it I can't have it. No, you can have it, but you got to trust in God. And anytime you let doubt, unbelief, the cares of this world to choke out your faith, to choke it, I mean Pastor Nature taught a good message. I think last time she talked was about good ground. You hear the word, but you allow the cares, cares of this world to choke out the word. In other words, you don't even get to establish faith to be rooted in the word because before you can establish faith and you can walk out corresponding action, you have let doubt, unbelief, adversity, crisis, the opinions of other people, well-meaning friends, all cause you to uh, simply not believe God. But today can be your anytime. Today is my anytime. Today I will see with my eyes and I hear my ears. Today I will understand with my heart and I'll be healed. I'll be healed of doubt. I'll be healed of unbelief. I'll be healed of condemnation. Today is my day. I'll be healed of shame. I'll be healed of self-defeat. I'll be healed of low self-esteem. Today is my anytime. 
I won't disqualify myself because I'm black. I won't disqualify myself because I'm a man. I won't disqualify myself because I'm a woman. I won't disqualify myself because of anything because I will see myself co-raised with Christ. I will see with my ear, eyes, I will hear with my ears, and I will understand with my heart, and I will be healed. I will walk in the fullness of understanding God's love for me. Why? Because I won't let doubt and unbelief sneak in. All right? So as we get into the meat of the message tonight, you, you're going to have to understand that God's promises are for me. And I want you to make this, uh, this, this personal. I want you to fill in the blank. God's promises are for wrath. God's promises are for fill in your name. Because I want you to make this prompt this personal because a lot of times believers disqualify themselves from receiving because you come up with a reason why you ain't good enough. You come up with a reason why you don't qualify. That's right, Dr. Dr. Washington. God's promises are for Chandra. God's promises are for Chris. God's promises are for Courtney, right? They're, they're for you. And, and, and I, I mean, and you go back to saying this. I'm God's favorite child. There's nothing God wouldn't do for me. There's nothing God wouldn't do for me. I know, I know what the know that they've given me. I know I've been applying for jobs. I know I've been applying for loans. I know I've been doing whatever. And I keep getting no. But baby, I thank you, Lord, that because I'm your favorite, my yes is out there. Why? Because I know what the promises that God has for me. And that's what I want to remind you on tonight. It's just about a few promises that God has made you that you can hold on in 2023. You can hold on to in 2024. You can hold on until you're walking the peril, walking into heaven with Jesus. Why? Because these are things that your daddy has said that belong to you. These are your inheritances. All right. So God. You got to understand that God has not left anything unfulfilled. And I'm going to let our Bible uh, talk to us tonight. There'll be a lot of scripture. All right, Joshua 21, 45. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he spoke came true. Oh, man, go ahead and type that. Everything he speaks comes true. Everything. See, you think God is dangling this carrot out in front of you. You think he's just trying to tease you. Man, that is not what he is doing. He says, look, I have already fulfilled it all. Everything I say come true. That's why when he looked at earth and it was dark and he said, let there be light, light showed up. Why? Because everything he says comes true. Everything he has spoken came true. God's not teasing you. He's not teasing you with peace of mind. He's not teasing you with, 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 with joy. He's not teasing you with wholeness. He's not teasing you with marriage. He's not teasing you with restored relationships. Everything he had spoken came true. The moment he told you it was already finished, the moment he, he you came into revelation, he wanted you blessed, you were already blessed. You are coming and causing history to repeat itself. You're coming into revelation where it was already finished. By the time you find out, it's already done. 
By the time we found out about these promises we're going to talk about, they already been fulfilled. He ain't waiting to fulfill them. They already fulfilled. That's what Joshua 21 and 45 says. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel. Well, Pastor Ralph, what's this whole thing? I'm not from Israel, but let's talk about that real quick so you understand that you are Israel. It says Joshua tells us that no, not even one of God's promises were left unfulfilled. Nope, not even one. It's easy to respond. Uh, well, sure, these promises were for Israel, but what about us today? Let's go to Romans 8. Romans 9, so I could define for you through scripture that you, these promises, baby, they for you. You are Israel. It says, it is not as though their unbelief neutralized the word of God and its effect. Israel is no longer restricted to a physical family in a geographic location. So you can start shouting them because it is setting you up. It is not the natural seed of Abraham that gives them their identity. But Isaac, the faith child, said, my faith makes me Israel. He says, God said, your children's identity is revealed in Isaac. And then in verse 8, it says, by this, God clearly indicates that man's true, mankind's true spirit identity is revealed in faith and not in flesh. The promise is the fuel of faith. So here's the thing. Every promise that he made to Israel, he, every single one of them has been fulfilled. And because I am Israel, what makes me Israel? My faith makes me Israel because the true spirit identity is revealed in faith. It's not about physical family and it's not about geographic location. It is all about your faith. And so as I align my faith with God, it makes me just like Israel. And so I go back to that scripture and I say, not a single one of all the good promises the Lord has made to Ralph Marlowe will ever go unfulfilled. He has spoken them to me and they all true. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord has given to the family of the valleys are unfulfilled. He has spoken them and they have come true. Why? Because I am Israel through faith. It's not about physical birth. It's not about geographic location. It is about your faith. And so by faith, I am made whole. Not a single promise has he given. Hallelujah that will go unfulfilled. Not a single one. God's promises were given to those who willfully commit. All right? Will, oh, let me go back to verse 8. Put verse 8 back up there. Say it. I want to show you this. True spirit and dead is revealed in faith and not in flesh. The promise is the what? The fuel of the faith. That's what scripture says. The this is New Living Translation. The promise is the fuel of faith. The promises ignite faith. Why? Why? Romans 10 and 17. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So I want you to hear some promises tonight so that your faith may be fueled. It may be ignited. It may get, have some substance to some things because you can't be in faith without a word. So that's why we are sharing the word of God. It says, faith, all right, has a corresponding action. How do I know I'm in faith? All right, I have got, God gives me a plan of action. He gives me favor. He's giving me strength to endure, to change come, right? 
Faith is, I like Pastor Edwin's example, faith is a car, his promise gives it fuel to go, right? His promise, the word gives it fuel to go. Faith is just transports. The word is a fuel. It makes it go because having a car without gas or having a car, some of y'all got these hybrids, without electricity doesn't get you nowhere. You got to have a source of fuel to get going. And the word of God is your fuel. It's what makes things work. And you got to have a corresponding action to your faith because you can't say I'm in faith for X and nothing you do aligns with that. I can't say I'm in faith for a new job and I'm not applying. I can't say I'm in faith for uh, to get married and I'm not doing things that 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 move me towards marriage. I'm not. I can't say I'm in faith to lose weight and nothing lines up with that. I'm eating all the cake. I'm drinking all the sodas. I'm not working out. I'm not drinking no water. You can't say that you're in faith to do something because there's no corresponding action to what you believe. You can say you're hoping. You can say you're mentally assenting to, but you cannot say that you're in faith. The same way you can't say you're in faith for, for, for April to be your wife or Rap to be your husband. Why? Because we already take it. You don't got a word from God for that. So you can't be, you can't be in faith for that. And see, so many times we have made God, we have made up what we want in our life, and then we have said we're in faith for it when you never had a word to establish that. You're in flesh for it. You're in willful power for it. You're, you're, you're relying on your own flesh to do it. And then you're frustrated with God because it's not coming to pass, because it ain't God's plan anyway. God is not obligated to sponsor or finance anything he ain't asked you to do. He's not, he's not, he's not obligated. Your desire doesn't obligate God. Faith does. Your tears don't obligate God. Faith does. Your poverty does not obligate God. Faith does. And so when we understand that you can't, I can't be offended with God because something didn't work out the way I wanted when I never had a word to establish faith so I can move in corresponding action. God is obligated to honor his word and his promise. And the word told us in the very beginning of this message that no promise that he has given us goes unfulfilled, not a one. So here's the question. Why would God make me a promise? I'm so glad you were wondering that. Second Peter 1 verses 4 and 5 says this, and because of his own, I love this, God said I did it because, because of his glory and his excellence. See, it ain't even about Chris, it ain't about Sid, it ain't about Davina, it ain't about April, it ain't about Sean Strick, it ain't about them. Because of his glory and his excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. See, you're disqualifying yourself from something that ain't even based on you, baby. He decided to do this when you, it ain't even based on you. It ain't based on your sin. It ain't based on your good actions. It ain't based on your line. It ain't based on your telling the truth. He said, I did this because of my own glory and excellence as he has given us great and precious promises. It says, these are the promises that do what? What do these promises do for you? They enable you to share his divine nature. 
Tell your neighbor, you all don't want the promises of God. Why? They enable you. Go to the next part of the scripture. Did I put it in there? Say it. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption. So I need to want the promises of God enacted in my life. Why? Because they enable for me to share in his divine nature. So as I seek out the promise of that he will strengthen me, as I seek out the promise of him giving me rest, as I seek out the promise of him caring for all of my needs, as I seek out the promise of him answering my prayer, as I seek out the premise of him being with me, as I seek out the premise of his protection and his freedom for sin, what it will do for me is enable me to exhibit the characteristics of God in this earth. See, it is okay to desire to receive the promises of God. Why? Because they fuel our faith, but they enable us to share his divine nature. And it causes us to escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Why? Because as I see God fulfill his promise, it makes me want him more. Have you ever had somebody be good to you before? And that the more they're good to you, the more you want them. See, some of y'all have had people be good to you, but they weren't good for you. And that's why you stayed in relationships that uh, you didn't need to stay in because you like the stuff. I mean, that, that's why you chase money because you feel like money is good for you. But you ain't experienced God yet, because what I tell you is that there are some things that money can't buy, but favor can. There are some things that money can't buy, but the blood can. There are some things that money can't buy, but, but a yes from God can. And so money isn't the answer to everything you need, but God is. God is the perfect currency for every situation. Faith is the perfect currency for every situation. There is no situation, there is no transaction that you can find yourself in that the Holy Spirit ain't the answer to. Because he can give you money if you need money. He can give you He can give you healing if you need healing. He can provide peace of mind when you need peace of mind. He can provide you an audience at the bank with the, uh, the president when you need that. He can give you favor with the realtor. He can give you favor with the person selling the house to pay all your closing costs. He can give you everything. Faith is the perfect currency for every situation. And that's why he says when, I, when you focus on the promises of God, they enable you to share in his divine nature, and it will also simultaneously cause you to escape the world's corruption that's caused by human desires. Why? Because as I, as I utilize faith to enact the premises of God into my life, then my focus is God. It's Matthew 6 and 33. As I seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then he adds all these things to me. Because in order to see the promises of God, I got to first see the promises of God in my faith, by faith. And so if my focus is on, man, God's going to strengthen me. If my focus is on, God going to take care of me. If my focus is on that, is that, if that's what I meditate on day and night, Jeremiah 1 and 8 tells me that as I observe to do according to all that's written therein, then I will make my way prosperous and I will have good success. Why? Because I made the word first place in my life. So what's the promise number one? Let's get to it. God promises to give you strength. All right. That's Ephesians 3.14. We're just going to go through this. and we, we 30 minutes in. We're only 23 minutes in the message. We're going to get out here early tonight, probably. Ephesians 3 verse 14. All right, I'm just reminding you of what God has promised you. Now, I can't give you every promise that's in the Bible. Why? There's thousands of promises in the Bible. I want to give you a few key ones, though. Number one, 
God will strengthen you. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to his riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. There are some key things in here. Uh, go back to that first part. Uh, say it. it says that according to what? To the riches of whose glory? His glory. Number one, his glory. His glory. He ain't strengthening you based on your vitamin. He ain't strengthening you based off your exercise. He ain't strengthening you based off any of that. He is strengthening you based off his glory. Now, as you manifest his glory, he may tell you to drink more water. He may tell you to exercise more. He may tell you to lift weights. He may tell you to see a nutritionist. Why? Because all of those things bring your body into alignment with his perfect will. And so why? When he gives you those things to do, then you got to choose to exercise faith by exhibiting a corresponding action because the premise that he gave you alone life will be enabled as you walk out drinking water, as you walk out eating right, as you walk out doing the things that your nutritionist tells you to. So he says, from the riches of my glory, I will grant you the ability to be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being. That's why anything the Holy Spirit is telling you, even if it doesn't feel good, it's only to make you stronger. All right. So promise number two, God promises to give you rest. He ain't going to have you out here all jacked up. See, uh, God's way, when I was teaching God's way is better, God told, this is the thing that God says, anything you do from your flesh will always bring turmoil and stress and anxiety, period. It's always going to do that. But the promises of God, when we walk out those things the way that he desires for us to do them, then their total life prosperity. They're fulfilled in and of themselves. And God gives us things without wear. He gives us things without stress. There's no toiling involved in that. And so we got to understand that Matthew 11, 28, and 30 means that even in the midst of chaos, he gives us rest. And Jesus said, come to me, all who you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll do what? I'll give you rest. But you got you got to give up that depression. You got to give up that situation. You got to give up that 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 person. You got to give the, the disease over to God. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle heart at heart and you will find rest for your souls. What's that? Your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, and your intellect. He says, my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. So the Lord says, if you exchange it with me, I've already fulfilled the promise if you're willing to trust me. See, you don't want to trust him with your money. And the reason you don't want to trust him with your money is because he told you to go see a, uh, a financial advisor. He told you to ask somebody who got good money management to help you, but you too shame to let anybody come in and look at your money. Why? Because you don't want them to know how much you make. You don't want to know how much debt you in. Well, baby, freedom comes through exposure. I mean, you get, I mean, Jesus gave us freedom by becoming naked on the cross. He had to pour it all out. He took all of our sin on him. There was nothing hidden that he 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 didn't see or didn't take care of. But now you're trying to, your pride is trying to convince you that you don't need nobody's help. 
So you, you, you're denying rest because you want to be prideful. You're denying rest because you want to, you, you don't, you don't want to submit to nobody. See, some of you have been called to ministry and to call the church because God wants, God is answering your prayer. You, you be like, God, I just, I need to, I need my marriage to be better. And God brings you to FOC because Sean and uh, Pastor Sean and Pastor Edwin are, are anointed to help you navigate your marriages. And you've been praying for a way and you come over here and you hear the word and then you don't even do it. You don't even show up from church. You don't even show up for, and you can come to church in your PJs right now from the comfort of your couch and you won't even log on. The very thing you've been praying for, the very manifestation of the promise that you want, God has given it to you and then you won't even show up to receive it. You won't take on this yoke. See, we want to get super spiritual, but we are a practical teaching ministry. Taking on God's yoke looks like you doing some physical things that he gives you, he being Holy Spirit, to do in your life. Part of getting rest is like finding a new job. Part of getting rest is breaking up with them. They ain't your husband and your wife anyway. Part of getting rest is turning off the TV and taking a nap. Part of getting rest is logging off social media. Part of getting rest is stop eating cheeseburgers before you go to bed or pizza and having heartburn. See, see, there are some very practical things. Part of it is knowing you lactose intolerant, but you're drinking milkshakes when you go to bed. Like, take my yoke, which is easy. Be obedient. Number three, God promises to take care of all your needs. He promises to take care of all your needs. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches. Once again, Philippians 4.19, he supplies your need from his riches. But you, you, you are denying the promise because you look at your bank account when God asks you to do X, Y, and Z. You look at your bank account and say you can't do it. He supplies your need from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So, I have everything heaven has through Christ. Y'all might as well type that. I have everything that heaven has through Christ. I have everything that heaven has through Christ. God has given you anything. He already gave you a son. Will he not now give you graciously give you all things? Will he not do that for you? So number one, God promises he'll strengthen you. Number two, God promises that he'll give you rest. Number three, God promises he'll take care of all your needs. So as you go through this year, you know that, look, I got peace. I got my, pray, uh, I got my needs met. I got rest and I got strength. Those are the three, three promises that I got as I navigate 2023. Number four, God promises to answer your prayers. Now, when, you, when he answers your prayers, we got to go back. We got we to gotta look at a couple things. You know, Matthew 7 and 7, act, seek, and knock, right? It'll be open to you. John 15 and 17, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, key word on John 15 and 17, I like how he says it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. That's not saying I can ask for whatever I wish. 
He's saying, as my words abide in you, ask what you wish. Why? Because as your his word abides in me, I only wish for what he wants me to have. I only wish for what he wants me to have. He knows the intent of my heart. I ain't trying to have the uh, a Bentley to floss on people. I'll pick up people in that Bentley. I'll sell it if I need to and sew it. Whatever he says, why? Because if he gave it to me once, he'll give it to me again. A lot of times your intent for desire or want, wanting something isn't even for the kingdom. And God understands that. And so he tries to work with you to grow your character up. He tries to work with you to mature you to the point that you understand that you want this so that you, because if you only wanted to get the thing, then you never wanted God. And if you get the thing that you wanted and you're using God to get it, then guess what you abandon when you get it? You abandon God. So you got to ask yourself, why do I want this? Do I want this for the kingdom? Do I want this simply because of selfish desires? Because once you get it, do you abandon God? Look at your own life. What have you prayed for? All right. And then when you got it, you stop seeking God the way you uh, like you were when you wanted to get it, because that's how we treat God. I'm a he a genie. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pray as my my stroke on the genie bottle. God, I thank you. And that's I rub it three times. God, I bless you. I worship you. You just then you get the thing. You leave God because it wasn't ever God you wanted. You just wanted the thing. And so you got to be careful that when you abide in him, his words abide in you. He'll give you the desires of your heart. But the thing you got to know about God is what he desires for you to have is only good for you. It's, it's only good things for you. All right. So promise number four, he'll answer all your prayers. All right. Number five, he promises to work everything out for your good, no matter what occurs. And I love this scripture simply because I know this. Sometimes you're going to miss God. Sometimes you're going to get sucker punched. Sometimes good things, gonna, bad things going to happen to good people. Sometimes all of that, right? Because we live in this world of sin and things happen. But this is what we got to know is that, and when we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. He ain't out killing big mama. He ain't out making you get fired from your job. He ain't making those things happen. But this is a promise that no matter what occurs in life, God can maneuver that. He can recourse your, your GPS and bring you back to a place where you're good. That's what that promise is about. No matter what comes along, you driving down the street and, and, and all of a sudden something happens, right? And, and then let's say the up ahead, the road closes, right? Before you know it, yeah, there's a road closure. You need to get off on that exit, but don't be dismayed, baby. God will still work it out for your good. You'll still get there. He'll restore time for you if you need to. He'll do all those things on your behalf, but you can't get frustrated because it didn't work out the way you planned. You can't quit because it didn't look like what you thought it would look like at this point in life. You, I mean, you don't despise small beginners. Yeah, God said you would be X, Y, and Z. And right now you only A, B, and C. But baby, don't you stop because you're just A, B, and C. The promises of God are already fulfilled. You keep going. Why? Because he's going to work it all out for your good. You just keep going to D, E, and F. And then it's G, H, I. Before you know it, you're J, K, L. And then you just didn't quit, right? And you're M N and O, and you just didn't quit. And you just didn't quit before you, before you know it. 
you, you're already there. You keep going. Why? Because no matter how life, how I traverse life, no matter the thing that shows up, no matter the unexpected things, I refuse to cave in and quit. Why? Because at the end of the day, God will repurpose the enemy's ill, somebody else's ill for my good. He is a God of repurposing. He'll make the very thing that was meant to destroy you be the thing that provides a catapult to, to, to launch you into the destiny that he has already had for your life. You, you Haters can't stop you. Jobs and corporations can't stop you. Money can't stop you. Hey, oh, so go ahead and type this for somebody. A no doesn't stop me. A no doesn't stop me. Why? Gotta repurpose it. He'll repurpose it. A no doesn't stop me. All right, let's keep going. We're almost out of time. Number six, God promises to be with you. And see, not only will he repurpose it, he's going to walk by your side while you do it. He says, I, have not I will not fail you, or will I abandon you? Neither will I abandon you. Joshua 1 and 5. It says, this is my command. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's with you. So he's going to repurpose it and work it out for your good. And while he recalibrates the GPS to get you to the promised land that he provides for you, he said, baby, I'm with you. Yeah, I'll be the cloud that provides shade by the day. I'll be the cloud. I'll be the uh, uh, the cloud that provides fire and heat. I'll bring down manna for you. I'll cause your soles on your shoes not to ever wear down. I'll part the Red Sea. I'll cause rivers to flow in deserts. I will make axe heads flo uh, float on the water. I won't leave you, baby. I love that Courtney. He'll repurpose it and accompany you along the way to his premises. That's what he does for his children. And so as you navigate each day, don't let a bad thing in a day cause you to think that it won't work out for your good. The whole day ain't gone because one bad thing happened. If you got breath in your body, good is on its way. If you got breath in your body and you're a believer, good is on its way. Why? Because something good is always happening on my behalf. Favor has gone before me. Doors and gates are open before me. I don't care how many banks tell me no, my yes is out there. Why? Because that's the promise that God has made me and his promises don't go unfulfilled. He has fulfilled it before he ever spoke it to me. And he won't dangle a carrot before my eye. I refuse to cave in. I refuse to quit. I refuse to let doubt and unbelief to cause me to uh, not have faith. I believe God and I line up with his word. And I say what he say. Why? Because God is fully capable of doing what he said he'll do. Because he's bigger than anything else. Number seven, God promises to protect you. He says, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. He is my place of safety. He is my God and I will trust him. Psalms 91 and 2. He'll protect you. He'll protect you. But here's the thing about being a protector. I use my kids for an example because they do a lot sometimes. I love them. They do, they do a lot sometimes. I'm a protector by heart. Anybody who's been around me for any part of time know I am naturally a protector. That's what I do. If I'm with people, I am pretty alert at most times about what's going on around us. That's just me. Uh, and so, but there is a time 
when I tell you to be in one place, my kids, hey, this is where I need you. But they don't find themselves in the place I've told them to be. And because I'm a protector, I am protecting the area in which I have told them and assigned for them for that time. And so if they find themselves outside the zone of protection, it isn't that I'm not a protector, it's that they have moved themselves outside my safety. And see, when I say go in the front yard and play, and I'm out there in the front yard and I'm guarding that area, and I'm watching over that area, and I'm ensuring that there's nothing there that can harm you, but you go in the backyard and you play on the trailer and you fall and scrape your knee up, and now you're crying. Why did you get there? You didn't get there because I lacked protection. You didn't get there because I wasn't on my job. You didn't get there because I wasn't a good daddy. You got there because you find yourself in a place that I told you not to be in. And so many times we get upset with God and say that he's not a protector because we have put ourselves in unsafe situations. You did that. That, that. You did that with that person. You put yourself in that unsafe situation. It wasn't that I wasn't looking. It wasn't that I wasn't capable. It wasn't that I wasn't there. You took yourself out of my safety through your disobedience. Why? Because you thought you knew more than God. You took yourself to that job when God told you not to. You took yourself to that man or that woman when God told you not to. You took yourself to that investment. You took yourself to that city. You took I don't know what was happening. I guess the enemy didn't like that. Hey, look, you got to locate yourself. My question to you, it kicked me all the way out the studio. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, you did that. It's not that God is not a protector. It's that you have taken yourself outside of his protection. But Pastor Ralph, I thought you said that God is omniscient. He's everywhere. He's ever present. He's all knowing. And he is. He's all those things. But if he has set up zones for your protection and you removed yourself from that zone, then your protection's gone. And so you got to understand that's what you, that's what occurs. And I can't be mad at God because this is the same God that says that he'll make a table in the presence of thine, thine enemies. Not only is he a protector, but he'll bless you in front of your haters, as y'all call them. Like, he'll do that for you, but you got, you got to do it his way. You got to abide in his love. All right, number eight. Number eight, God's premises frees you from sin. God, I'm sorry, God premises freedom from sin. John 1 and 9, one of my favorite scriptures. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Here's the thing that you got to understand, that there is nothing that can ever separate you from God, which is going to be number nine. Your sin doesn't separate, can't separate you from God. Christ already took care of that. 
So what you got to understand is that it's your mindset. It's your soul that causes you to feel disqualified because it's your mind, your will, your imagination, your emotions, and your intellect that is constantly, see, your spirit man is 100% saved, but your soul man is being saved. That's the man that God talks about in Romans 12 and 2 when he says to uh, renew our minds, right? To be to not be conformed to this world, right? He's wanting our thinking to change. So as our thinking change, we understand that I can do wrong, but I have already been forgiven through Christ. I also understand that I don't put grace to work for covering my sins, but because I'm a disciple of God, I'm a follower of God, I exercise discipline, and though I miss it, I don't make it an excuse to keep missing it. I get back on the right path the right time the next time, which is the best time to do it. So I don't make an excuse for sin. It, it doesn't matter who, if I sleep with anybody that's not my wife. It's wrong. It's wrong when, when, when Johnny does it. It's wrong when James does it. It's wrong when Robert does it. It's wrong if Ralph does it. So it's all wrong, but I don't make excuses for it. Why? Because I understand that it, I've been called to be the a disciple of God. And so I have to walk after God. Obedience will always keep you protected. Obedience will always see, cause you to see provision. Obedience will always put you in a proper position to be blessed. And so what I got to do is understand that, hey, I may miss it sometime, but that doesn't mean that I keep missing it. The next best time to change is now. And so I change. I line up with the word. And you got to understand, don't let nobody keep you bound where God has already freed you. They ain't need to be on your team. If you got people talking about, oh, see, see that, that you know what you used to do. That used to be me and you used to be my friend. Why? You don't got time to hang around people that's making you be or trying to paint an image of you, who you are being that old person. I'm a new person. Old things are passed away. Hey, behold, all things are new, right? I'm a new person. Why? Because who the son has set free is free indeed. Number nine, God's promises that nothing can separate you from him. Y'all know Romans 8, 38 and 39. Not death or life, right? Present or past, powers or depth, anything in all creation can separate me from my love, from his love. So it ain't nothing you're going to do. The only thing that can, and even when you take yourself away from God, you can't take yourself away from his love. He loved you before you existed. He's going to love you when you act in a, like a hellion. He's going to love you when you lie. He's going to love you when you're cheating. He's going to love you when you're sinning. Why? Because you can't be separated for his love. Now, the thing is, you won't see his best when you're doing all them things. And we got to get away of comparison. In the world, we've been taught, if you love me, you're going to do this for me. If you love me, this shows up. God's love isn't like big mama's love when some of our big mamas love the wrong way. Who, who you got in trouble and you still got everything you was going to get anyway. When you got in trouble and, and there was no consequence to it. When you got in trouble and big mama put her house up to bail you out of jail. See, see, that's what we call love. But godly love says this. I'm going to love you enough to help you grow up and mature. I'm going to love you enough to give you Holy Spirit to correct you, to show you, to share the broad my love in your heart. I'm going to love you enough to let you understand that though I can, I'm not, I'm not obligated. Because you can't be in sin and be in faith for the same thing. 
See, I can't, I can't be out here living my own life. Right? I can't, I can't be doing that. I can't, I can't be actively thinking sinful thoughts and be in faith at the same time. The brain is not capable of having those simultaneous thoughts. One must end before the other begins. And so what I have to do is dwell on those throne room realities so I understand that nothing can separate me. I mean, that's the type, a lot of us didn't, I mean, didn't grow, a lot of people didn't grow up with love like that. It's like, hey, I know you screwed up, but baby, just come tell me the truth. That's why I told him, hey, another day, he got in trouble at school. And I said, son, I always need you to tell me the truth. Because here's what the thing about the truth. The truth always is going to bring you freedom. Freedom means that I may spank your butt and it doesn't feel like freedom today, but that correction going to set you free later on. Freedom may also mean I may go up to that school and I may deal with the adult that I felt like mistreated you and that's going to bring you freedom. Freedom may also mean that during this situation, I may give you advice to grow you up in character and grow you up in strength and grow you up in maturity. It, it may look different, but baby, freedom will always bring you liberty, right? It's going to always bring you through. But if you don't tell me the truth, then you won't get freedom. If you tell me lies, you're going to stay in bondage because when you tell one lie, you got to tell another one to keep going. And so before you know it, you have entrapped yourself because you just didn't want to tell the truth. The truth will always make you free. Even when you feel like you're going to get in trouble, tell the truth. Because when I correct you, that means you, you I give you the tools needed not to do it again. And that will bring you liberty from that situation. But we want to lie to God when God sees that what it is anyway. So, But it won't separate you. And he already knows you're doing it. Why? Because he's everywhere you go. And lastly, the thing that we love, he promises you everlasting life. It's guaranteed. It, it, it is guaranteed. Everlasting life belongs to you. All right. So how do you qualify? How do I qualify, Ralph, for all these promises? Second Corinthians 1 and 20. He says, for as many as are the promises of God in Christ, they are all answered yes. So through him, we say our amen to the glory of God. All I do is find myself in Christ. That's all I do. I find myself in Christ. For as many as the promises of God in Christ, they're all answered. They're all fulfilled. Yes. So through him, we say our amen. Through Christ, I say our amen. What does it mean to live through Christ? That means I live the way he lives. I reflect his glory in this earth. Through Christ, they all amen. What's amen? Everlasting life. What's amen? Uh, nothing separate me from God. What promises amen? Freedom from sin. What's, what's amen? Protection to, for him to be with me, for him to work out everything for my good, for him to take care of all my needs, for him to give me rest, for him to strengthen me. All these promises have already been fulfilled. And the way I qualify for them is not anything I do. It's who I have my faith in. I have my faith in Christ. And through that faith, I'm qualified. And this is where we're going to finish up tonight. This is where we finish up tonight. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. You already know what it says. Because we talk about it uh, a lot. It says you got to see yourself co-raised with Christ. 
Now ponder with persuasion the consequences of your close inclusion with him. In Christ, we have our yes. So I got to relocate myself mentally. I got to engage my thoughts from room realities where I see myself co-seated with Christ and executive authority. I got to become affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts. These are things that I have to do so that I can see myself in him. And when I see myself in him, I can say amen and know the answer is yes. I can say amen knowing the answer is yes. And in verse four, it says, the unveiling of Christ as defining our lives immediately implies that what is evident in, in him, hallelujah, is equally mirrored in you. What is evident in Christ is equally mirrored in you. The exact life on exhibit in Christ is now repeated in us. Did God ever tell Jesus no? No. God did never have to tell me no. But Jesus had the heart of the Father. He had the heart of the Father. So here's the thing. Don't don't get messed up. Uh, I'll read Philippians 4 and 6 out of the mirror. Let no anxiety about anything distract you this year. Let no... We, I know we always read out things in the NIV. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and praise him for what, he done, but what, what he's done. But in the mirror translation, it says it this way. Let no anxiety about anything distract you. And what I'm telling you that this, and I heard Pastor Edwin on his TED Talk talking about anxiety. Don't let, don't be anxious for anything. Right. He says he's already opened gates. Don't let things happen in the earth. What you see in the earth cause you to feel anxiety. Anxiety is a distractor to get you off of what you're believing God for. Anxiety is a distractor of the promises of God of peace, joy. Anxiety is a distractor. It says rather translate moments. All right. I'm going to give you the key in the word. Translate moments into prayerful worship and soak your requests in gratitude before God. So as you go, don't, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Don't be concerned. Why? Because these promises are already there. Don't be trying to figure out what else I got to do to check the box. I give because I love God. I fast because I love God. I pray because I love God. I am not trying to move God. I am incapable of moving God. I am capable of acting in a way to make God move. What moves God? His word. How is faith established? His word. So when I when I repeat back to God what God has said to me, and I align my actions in 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 mirror to what He said to me, that's when I see what He said. And you can become really religious with godly things because you're trying to give more to get more from God. You're trying to work more in the ministry to get more from God. Instead of just seeking his faith. And when you seek his faith, then he gives you the direction all you need to do. But don't let anxiety worry you this year. Stay in a place of worship and gratitude and you'll witness the peace of God come on you. 
And so that's why I want to tell you tonight. We're right at our hour. That's why I want to tell you tonight. Guys, there are premises. Go read the word of God on the website. Go, go meditate on those words over and over. Don't be afraid of the announcements, right? And I still got my action verb circle. Be prepared. Believe. Let him walk with you. Partner with him. Don't forget. Allow his word to cut away all hidden sin and iniquity. Then watch me take care of your needs. Why? Because hidden sin and iniquity creates anxiety. And anxiety creates uneasiness. Uneasiness causes you to walk in shame and unforgiveness. And you, God wants to do things from you, but you disqualified yourself because you don't realize that nothing can separate you from the love of God, but you just keep doing it your way. And you take yourself outside of his protection. It ain't God, baby. It's you. But the thing about it being you is that he has given you a helper. Holy Spirit. He's there to help you. He'll help you do it. You can't will your life. You can't will yourself into a godly life. The Holy Spirit can whip you in shape if you let him. He'll, he'll whip you right on in shape. All right. So let's let's go over these announcements real quick and let's get on up out of here for tonight. Um, I love y'all. I really do. I love you guys. And I'm telling you, there are great things happening for the partners of this ministry. Favor has gone before you. Gates have been opened up for you. And if we just won't faint, we'll see in the first six months of this year, things better than we've seen all of last year if we just don't quit. If you if you just if you just be grateful for the blade, if you just be grateful for the for the blade and you know that the blade can grow into the full ear. If you just be grateful for the each time that he showed up, if you just be grateful for the fact of today before you realize your gratefulness will cause worship and you won't even see the heat that comes financially because you'll just be covered in his peace. You won't even see lack in your house because you'll just be covered. You'll perpetually be in this place of gratefulness and worship and you won't even observe the drought that may come onto other people. Why? Because you stayed in a place where God was your lead and you worshiped him and in worship, he satisfied your every need. So I challenge you to stay in worship. Give. Give a five push pay tally text to give and PayPal. You understand that PayPal is for our international partners. And we want to thank you to every FOC partner, FOC friend of the ministry who consistently contributes to our ministry. We're able to bless people all around the world because of your obedience to God to give. And so we thank you for that. But we not only want you to give, we want you to become committed partners. And so if you're not a partner today, run over to focchurch.com, scroll down, fill out the partnership form, and become a partner today. And then find your place in the ministry. Right now, I know we meet virtually, uh, so we can all be on the prayer team. We not may not be like April and Chandra and Pastor Chris and, and, and Ari and all of those that pray and Tierra out in front of the cameras in, in San Teresa. We may not be that, but we should all be praying for the ministry. We should always be praying for our pastors. We should all be praying for each other. So you can pray. Everybody can pray, right? Everybody can look for opportunities to invite others into the kingdom so that we can exceed the goal of having thousand members, partners around the world. Everybody can reach one. Each one can reach one. 
All right. So there are things that you can do, even though we're virtual. You can invite somebody to service next week. You can invite five people to say, hey, I want you to join me next Sunday for service. All right. You can do that. All right. You can invite people to prayer. They put it up there Friday, this Friday at 630 a.m. We have prayer. Join us. Invite somebody to come. Each one, reach one, right? And then on Sunday, be like, girl, listen, you don't even got to leave your house. You can leave your moo-moo on and you can drink your coffee and you can hear them valleys lead us into the throne room with worship with Pastor Chris and Elder Valley, right? That's just a message, right? That's just a message. You can do that. And then you like, you might as well, since you logged on, and your moo-moo drinking your hot chocolate, you might as well hear Pastor Edward and Pastor Sean talk about Christ is the answer. Because you, you know you got some problems you need solutions to. Because I'm tired of hearing you talk about how you tired of being alone and how you tired of not having enough money and how you barely paying your rent. and how I'm tired of hearing all that. Come get some freedom over here. And you can invite them to that. And then on Monday, they can come on over. It's like, I know at lunch, you normally on TikTok. But this just this week, just try Pastor Shun Strategies for Success over there on Facebook, on her professional and personal page, and YouTube. And like, I know you was at Strategies for Success yesterday, but you know what? On Tuesdays, it's TED Talk. And you know that dang on Pastor Strick gonna give you some practical information on how to live your best life. He's gonna teach you steps on how to walk out your your how to tame your temperament, how to tame your heart, tame your thoughts, tame your team. He's going to help you do that, right? So come on over there. And then Wednesday, you might as well come full circle and be back here. And you know that little boy you tell me about how he don't listen? Yeah, get him in Ignite because Brother Kev been doing his good teaching with the boys and Santresa and, and Mr. Chandra, Dr. Chandra over there doing her good things with the girls. So you might as well get your kids a good foundation too because you don't want them wearing you. Let the Lord work, uh, take care of them. You believe God for their lives, right? And then if you got little kids, they sign on for Victory Zone. We got something for everybody in your house. But you got to show up. And showing up and applying the word is what's going to change your life. Those are our announcements right there. That's it. So you've given your seed, you got the announcements, you're going to be back to next uh, Tuesday for Relationships 101, you're making your plans to be here uh, next Sunday, I mean, May 28th for the huddle live and in person, and then you're going to spend time meditating in the Word of God, and you're going to refuse to let the anxieties of this world distract you from uh, receiving the promises that God has for you. So y'all be blessed. I love you so much. I will see you guys this Friday at Champion Circle. Good night.